Hey, everybody, it's Chuck Garfine. Welcome to the White Sox. Sign Andrew freaking Ben, attendee emergency White Sox talk podcast. Brought to you, as always, by our great friends at Trust. Okay, after a freezing, cold, hot stove season for the White Sox, we received an early and surprising Christmas and Hanukkah present. The White Sox signing Ben Attendee to a five-year, $75 million contract on Friday. On the podcast, Ryan McGuffey joins me to talk about the big signing of Ben Attendee, who he is, what it means, and how the White Sox just got a whole lot better. We're feeling better, right? The Andrew Benatendi Emergency Podcast is next. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. White Sox! White Sox! Go! Go! White Sox! That ball hit deep way back! Deep to the field! Holy cow! Carlton Fest has put the White Sox ahead! And then as leaves the ball We got a chance to do something real special. All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk Podcast. Okay, Ryan McGuffey. Uh, I'm surprised. I'm frankly surprised. I felt like this was the guy, the perfect fit for the White Sox. Left-handed bat, left fielder. They had interest in him in the past, but that's just those are just words. I didn't know it would actually become a reality, and yet – it happened. What do you think? Oh, it's good to be doing an emergency podcast again, man. Like it's, uh, you know, we did one the other day talking about like who the White Sox should sign. Like if we were spending the money, Ben Attendee was on my list near the end when I was like, this is what needs to be done. Like you got to sign these guys. Uh, this is fantastic. You know, it's not the, uh, as you mentioned, it's not, uh, look, here's the deal. They needed this signing to happen. And did you pay maybe a little bit over? Yeah, you paid. I don't think so. You paid market value. The Yankees were definitely interested in Benatendi, but they wanted to go four years. Benatendi was seeking, I think, after the Nemo contract with the Mets, there was no doubt that Andrew Benatendi was getting at least five. He's younger than Nemo, actually. Mm-hmm. So the, I, I actually thought that he was getting 80 to 100, Chuck, to be honest with you in this one. I know you said that, actually. I was yeah. like, what, $100 million for Benatendi? And here he is, the richest free agent in White Sox history. It's a guy the White Sox know. They've scouted. They wanted back before in the draft that they chose Carson Palmer. He went to pick before Carson Fulmer. Carson Palmer. Carson I know he said Carson Palmer. Yeah. Carson Fulmer. Yeah, Carson Fulmer. Um, he was the, he went to pick right before that. And uh, here we are. He's the going to be slotted to play left field for the White Sox. He won a gold glove in 2021. I think, Chuck, he's a – an ideal fit right now. I'm not going to call anybody the perfect player, but for what this team needs, yeah, I'd say this is the perfect signing at a time that it looked very bleak. Yeah, I mean, he finished sixth in the American League in batting average last season versus righties last season versus righties. Now, we all know about the White Sox left-handed bats last year. Uh, they had the worst OPS 
in baseball by far, 585. This is what he did against righties last season. He slashed 318, 384, 428. So not a ton of power, but we'll take 428. Uh, 812 OPS. There's not going to be a shift next season. So for a lefty like him, I really, really like what he can bring. Now, you mentioned the, the richest contract in Sox history goes to Andrew Benatendi, <laughs> which, I mean, when I hear that, I'm like, Wait, what? He, he's made one all-star team. He's got one gold glove, richest contract in Sox history. Uh, there are two ways that I look at this. One is, well, you know what? They went and spent a lot of money and got Andrew Benatendi. But, you know, you, you, you'd wish that for this franchise, their largest contract would, would be more than $75 million. But, hey, for where the White Sox are right now in this offseason and what they needed, I'm not going to fault them for making this signing. If it's the richest contract in team history for the moment, fine. I don't care. Is it going to produce? That's all that matters to me. I mean, we're sitting here asking the White Sox to spend money. They spend money, and now we're sitting here going, this is the richest contract. This is this – is- this is a, a breath of fresh air. This is exactly mm-hmm. what White Sox fans needed right now. Do you want the big fish? Yes. Is it going to happen this offseason, Chuck? We know it's not. But it looked like the White Sox were more in the Joey Gallo sweepstakes than the Andrew Benatendi pool. Joey Gallo, ironically, goes to Minnesota just before the Benatendi news comes out. So that we'll see a lot of him. But kudos to, to, the, to the White Sox front office. I'm sure Grafal played a role in this. Uh, Rick Hahn getting the guy he likes and wanted yeah. in, in, in a budget year that didn't look like the White Sox had 15 million to spend. So I, what I love about it, Chuck, is that you have an outfielder playing outfield. I'll be damned, right? You have an outfielder <laughs> playing outfield. You have a guy that's familiar with the American League Central. You have a guy that the White Sox scouted and know his background. You yeah. have a guy that's a left-handed hitter. You have a guy that you plug in every day to the number two hole. Like he is. We've talked so much at nauseum about the White Sox outfield and the White Sox second base spots. And here we go with a guy that you know exactly who he is. He hits from the left side and you know where he should be hitting in the lineup. It's a it's a great fit. It's a good fit today. When you when you write out your White Sox lineup today and you go Tim Anderson, Andrew Benatendi, yeah, Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez, that looks a lot different, doesn't it? Looks a lot better. So he was kind of struggling in Boston and I think he got hurt in 2020. He barely played in 2020. And then he goes to the Royals and he turned his career around and his bench coach was Pedro Grafal. His uh, I guess he was his hitting coach. Mike Tozar was his hitting coach. He was there. He's now with the White Sox. So uh, you mentioned how like, Hey, Grafal might've uh, played a role in this. I, I think that has is part of it besides the money. I think that was a big part of it as well. Won a gold glove in left field in 2021. So what does this mean for Aloy Jimenez, Guff? What do you think? Does this mean he doesn't play left field at all? I wonder what he thinks about this signing. Here's what I think it means. I think it means the the chance of him playing left field just became very slim. In an ideal world, Chuck, I don't think he plays left field, to be honest with you. Maybe he goes out there a day or two a week. And then – this becomes it's clearly the Oscar Cola show in right field. This allows you now at least it allows you it allows Oscar Colas to quite frankly fail because then it your your outfield situation's a little less murky because Benatendi mm-hmm. can move over. 
You could have a Lloyd play. You could have a Lloyd play left field. Not ideal. You don't want that. But it allows. I think Ben Attendee just took a lot of pressure off Oscar Colas, in my opinion, because now Oscar Colas, who should be hitting seven through nine, it's probably the seven or eight spot, doesn't have to take all of the pressure on as being this, you know, uh, savior in the outfielder because in the outfield because now you have Luis Robert who is the guy you you need him to be the guy that you signed him to be, the MVP-type candidate. You have an all-star gold glover to the right of, uh, well, if you're standing in center field, to the right of Luis Robert, and you have this up-and-coming toolsy player to the left of Luis Robert, with a guy with a lot of range in Luis Robert. So, yeah, I think I, I think the White Sox outfield just got a whole lot different and a whole lot better, and, and it certainly helps. The Graffold thing's interesting. It seems like he's... There's there's definitely been an impact that he's made. I'm curious. We'll see. That. I'm sure the White Sox will announce this signing sometime next week. It's Friday evening at this point as we tape this, uh, and we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll we'll meet Andrew Benintendi then too. So yeah, uh, a lot to like, Chuck. Yeah, and if you go back to what Rick had said earlier this offseason, it didn't sound like there were going to be any big free agent signings, more trades than anything else. And then we did the podcast earlier this week when we were just saying, hey, this is who the White Sox need right now. I'm no mathematician, (laughs) okay? I just looked at the White Sox payroll for this year. Obviously, it's kind of tapped out, at least in theory. But I looked down the road. I'm like, there's money to be spent here. There is money to be spent. Go ahead and spend it. This is me talking here, not Jerry Reinsdorf. Uh, so clearly something happened and they decided, you know what, let, this is this is the guy. And maybe this was a target for theirs all along, but they just wanted to be under the radar, which they like to do. And boom, here's Andrew Benatendi coming to the White Sox. And you mentioned how the White Sox wanted to draft him in 2015. They had to pick right after the Red Sox. I think they also tried to get him in the Chris Sale trade. They did. In the Chris Sale trade. I mean, they've been eyeing this guy for years, I love him. I just he's that kind of like gritty slap hitter, a little bit of power as well. Does all the little things, right? That's gonna be a big thing for me. It always has been. A guy who does the little things, Andrew Benatendi does that. So uh is it a grand slam signing? I mean, I wouldn't call it a grand slam, but it's a it's a triple off the wall. How about that? Triple oh, off the wall? Call, I'll come on. I'm gonna call it a home run. I, home I, run. I, I won't call it a grand slam. I'm gonna call it a home run because just because of the expectation at this point, where what we thought we uh, the White Sox yeah, were good point. for, and I and, and 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 look, it's all about need at this point. I, I wonder, I do wonder a little bit, Chuck, if it, coming out of the winter meetings and seeing all the free agent frenzy that happened, if the trade market did dry up a little bit, and 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 and, beca- and, and there were new conversations to be had, going, look, there's a guy we can go out and get that we know and like, and mm-hmm. we can get him at a half the contract of these other guys. I mean, think about it. He's a hundred million dollars less than Brandon Nemo, the guy that I I wanted, but he's basically a hundred million dollars less, and he's younger. He doesn't have the ceiling of Nemo, but he stays on the field, which yeah. you can't guarantee with that in New York. So, this is what the White Sox needed. They needed a guy that they can just trust it, it, to play an outfield spot. It sounds funny that that's what the White Sox need—a guy you could trust, but. What I like about him, Chuck, he's kind of like the anti of all the other guys in your lineup. You know, you're like you're needing 35 plus from Aloy. You're needing 25 plus from Vaughn. You're needing 25 to 30 from Luis yeah. Robert. You're needing 15 from Mancada and Tim Anderson. Ben Attendee just has to, he had five home runs this year. 
Now, I think he's going to I think he's going to be more in that 13 to 16 range again at guaranteed rate field. And now that he knows he's home, quote unquote, and doesn't have to work, he's been worried about being traded for three seasons, Chuck. Yeah. So this kind of you know solidifies that, and he's got a place here in Chicago now. Got a text from uh, Frank Thomas. Ooh, I bet he, he said, I bet Frank loves it. What's that? I bet Frank loves this one. He said one of my favorites. He's one of my favorites. That's that's, that's what he Frank. said. We don't always get those texts in these situations from Frank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said uh, he adds a lot to that mix of guys too. So. Yeah. Look, I mean, here's a guy who, who comes over from winning organizations, won a world series with the Red Sox, Chuck. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, this is a guy who, who's been in part of a winning culture before. And, and then obviously has been part of, and then he went to the Yankees last year. So he's look, I could sit here all day. This is a surprising side. I had heard, I had a cap reported, you know, on, on his YouTube page that the White Sox were expected to sign somebody in the next 24 to 48 hours. And it kind of went crazy, right? Yeah, so I, you sensed this. You had you had caught some uh some wind of this a couple of days ago. Yeah, for the record, I gave Cap that little that little nugget. Uh I chose <laughs> to hold on to it, waiting for a little bit further clarification. So Chuck Cap doesn't uh, care. Cap's just gonna Cap, go on the air Cap, with it. Cap put it out there, and I did hear. I did it, and it, for, it was it was from somebody that I necess, I, I wasn't really high on it. You and I talk about this all the time. I had I had heard some smoke on Ben Attendee, and to me, it was just not enough to go with. Like I just was like, I I need to I need to see the news break before I I even believe it. And so there was some some brewing stuff, and 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 good on Rick to uh, to capitalize on the on the on the deal and get it done because this was a guy the White Sox couldn't miss on. This feels a lot uh, better than doesn't Ben. Could you imagine if we're doing this podcast as Joey Gallo here, Ben attendee to the twins? Like it's so we're much. Not doing, we're not doing an emergency podcast for no, Joey Gallo. So My apologies better. to Joey Gallo. Gallo may hit 30 bombs for the twins and, and come back to be the guy he is. He might. And good, yeah. for, the, good for the, they're hoping for a lottery ticket. I'm glad the white Sox don't have to, this is a signing that the white Sox don't have to hope for a lottery ticket. Just be Andrew yeah. Benatendee. He doesn't have to be any more than Andrew Benatendee. There's another guy who's available now, and I don't know where the fit is necessarily. Oh, oh, you know what? Yeah, let's talk about it here. Let's talk about it here. Okay. So Bob Nightingale is reporting that Eric Hosmer has been DFA'd by the Red Sox. His entire contract is being paid for by the Padres. Uh, Hosmer came on the podcast, uh, but uh, right after the Sox signed uh, Pedro Grafol, and Yes, he's a first baseman. So there really is no room for him necessarily. But, I don't know, left-handed bats, got a history with Grafal. Would you want Hosmer on this team, one of those leader types? Uh, yeah. Uh, just for nothing, a, basically. I, yeah, I mean, you're not, yeah. I, my, it's a huge – like, what are we trying to do? Make the 2015 Royals go again? Um, I, I – I, I'm just being honest. I, I don't know where he fit. does. He come off yeah. the bench and just yeah. That's it? what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like you're, I mean, but he's probably going to want to play somewhere where he's going to get more playing time. It probably isn't the right. Maybe, fit. maybe, maybe he wants to be somewhere where he's comfortable and he can look around and go. Well, I know this. This I know this division. I know these this coaching staff, and I know a couple of these guys. Yeah. As long as you're telling me he's there to spell, you know, like he's going to take some. Andrew Vaughn's going to get two days off a week. Hosmer may DH one day and everything else is not guaranteed. 
then I think, and you're getting the leadership, then I, then I think I'm buying. If, if, yeah. if Eric Hopkins is coming here saying I need to play five days a week, I'm selling. Yeah, he's probably a better fit for like the Cubs, to be honest with you. Actually, but, that's, a, that's a really good call. He's yeah, um, the Cubs, but I was man. just at, before he went on the air here. I just saw that. I'm like, oh, wait a second. Cubs, that, that's, 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 easy, that's an easy fit for the Cubs. I mean, that should be done yesterday. Yeah, that that would make sense to me. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, this is a good day, you know. I, I, the Sox still need a second baseman. What are your it thoughts like, on what? What's like that? It, what, what, what are my thoughts on who? Well, what are, your th- what are your thoughts on where things are at right now, right now in second base? We thought when they when they did not sign Adam Frazier, I texted you. I'm like, what's going on here? Do we have any money to spend? <laughs> we couldn't get we couldn't get Adam Frazier here. Yeah, but uh, then maybe they're holding they're holding on hope for uh, Ben Attendee. But then maybe yeah, I don't know if, if the money's clearly, connected. Clearly, the priority, and uh, I don't know. I'm starting to get the real sense, Chuck, that that second base is going to come from within. Uh, rather than the other way around, there's just not a lot of guys out there that would that are going to move the meter really at all. That's uh, the trade market, I think, at this that, point. It'd be a trade market or your position move. Like you're bringing in somebody else in a trade and you're moving a Moncada to second base or a TA to second base. But that'd have to be like yeah. Nah. I'm yeah. I'm you know what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. This is this is what I'm doing right now. Okay, I'm the White Sox. Yep. It's Scott Boris. Scott Boris, how you doing? It's it's me, White Sox. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> um Elvis Andrews, will he play second base for one year? He he will. Uh what's the price? Um, oh, that's too much. Come on, Boris. That's way too much. Come on, come down. Let's let's talk reality here. Okay. Oh, oh, really? Boris? Coming down to that? Okay. One year? Eight million? Done. Elvis Andrews is back. One year deal. Eight million dollars second base. Thank you very much, Scott. Talk to you later. You like that conversation I just had with Scott Boris? I love it. And and if that's the case, Chuck, yes, I I, I feel strongly that Andrews is going to wait for Swanson to sign and then kind of figure out what mm-hmm. his options are from there. And then that's when the White Sox can engage. Yeah. You know, if he wants to play shortstop on like a multi-year deal, it won't be here. If he if he wants to go to a place where I think it makes a lot of sense, he could be the perfect second baseman for them and 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 certainly a better option than what the White Sox have from within. You know, I got a friend of mine that texted me this, Chuck, and I wanted to get this out on the podcast because it's a yeah. very valid point. White Sox fans should be uh, posting thank you messages to A.J. Pollock tonight. <laughs> if A.J. Pollock doesn't opt out, I'm positive Andrew Benatendi's not a White Sox. You know what? Let's have a parade for A.J. Pollock. The A.J. Pollock parade. Yeah. Good, <laughs> a good friend of mine sent that text, and I was like, yeah, that is amen. Like, yeah. That open up bad. money and I mean, they open up the, uh, yeah, the, the allowed for more money to be spent it, it, and obviously left up, field. Yeah. It opened up everything. So, and he hasn't even signed yet. Andrew, and cause you're not, you wouldn't have been able to trade AJ Pollock. You'd be still holding on AJ Pollock. So that's a great point. That's uh Andrew. Kudos Benetton. to your friend. Yeah. He's a good one. All right. So uh, anything, anything else you want to add on this uh, emergency podcast edition of the podcast? You know, I'm very curious I think I'm not expecting much here as we get into like the Christmas week, uh, the Christmas and and Hanukkah week, a couple of weeks here. The Swanson, like these other, like the fact that Rodon's gone, Swanson's kind of the remaining big fish. I wonder if the trade market kind of engages after the new year, Chuck, because I don't think the Sox are done, but if they are, 
But it's funny how one thing can change how you feel. Do I think the White Sox right now are built to win the World Series? I think a lot has to go right, like pit, like well, some career years, some massive rebounds, and a, and a very healthy pitching staff. Do I think today that they're that they're competitive enough to be uh, in the mix to win the AL Central? Absolutely, I do. I feel a lot yeah. better today with one player to win the AL Central. It I'm was just, sure. yeah. I mean, it was just the fit. It was just screaming, yeah. screaming. Yep. From, uh, to the White Sox, like, <laughs> what do the White Sox need? Who's available? Okay, a left-handed bat, left fielder, someone who they've been interested in in the past. He's a free agent. He has a history with Pedro Grafal, et cetera. Yeah, this seems like the most logical fit for the White Sox. I mean, would I love to have had uh, Aaron Judge in right field? Yes. But this seemed to be like, it fits the White Sox budget. This is the guy. And it happened. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it's funny. It didn't seem to fit the White Sox budget. Just by being told. The players, (laughs) we were sitting here. What I mean by budget, like, they'll sign a $70 million player because they've done that before. They're not necessarily going to be signing someone for $350 million because they haven't done that before. That's what I meant. Well, we have a new leader in the clubhouse for richest contract in White Sox history, Chuck. Yes. And, uh, and, and it's a good day. It's a it's a good day. I don't think it's a done day. Like we're not, it's not like, okay, let's bring on opening day, but it's a much better day. The day is ending much better for White Sox fans than it started. Okay. Well, have a great weekend, everybody. We have uh, we we got a big podcast coming up next week. I taped a podcast with a current White Sox player. Um, should I not say who it is? Should we just tease people a little bit, Guff, or should I say who it is? I mean, I don't know, man. I think it's – you should say it. Say it? Well, his name kind of has come up on the podcast. Uh, it came out today. <laughs> came out today. So who have we talked about on the podcast, or at least talked about his contract – how about a sit-down interview with Yasmani Grandal? I can't wait to put this out. Um, I wanted to put it out like immediately, but we're going to wait. We're going to hold it until next week. So um, unless I decide to change it and we'll just put it out tomorrow. No, we'll wait till next week. Wait till next week. Sound like a good plan, Guff? I love it. Okay. A lot of good stuff in there. Uh, you're going to, uh, Sox fans, you are going to like this podcast, this conversation. Uh, a lot is revealed. A lot is revealed about Grandal, about what happened with the White Sox, and what he's doing this offseason to change the narrative of his career, or that season he certainly had last season, and what the White Sox will do in 2023. So that is coming your way early next week. I think we're uh, wrapping things up. Let's do it. All right. That is a wrap for this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast, brought to you by Wintrust, your home for White Sox. Check in with free ATMs nationwide. Go to the special White Sox webpage. It's www.wintrust.com slash socks. My thanks to Ryan McGuffey. My thanks to Andrew Benatendi for signing on the dotted line. And my thanks to all of you for listening to the podcast. Hawk Harrelson, it's all yours. Thanks, our Chuck. And this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast is over. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? 
Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.